0: What is up everybody? I got we gonna have to get those uh those voiceovers tweaked a little bit now, now that we're kind of going a little different direction every now and then, but uh we got a really good show tonight. I'm, I'm happy it's it's Tuesday night. Uh, I don't know why I love Tuesdays now. So but welcome guys, welcome to the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast. This is where we're gonna connect melodies to memories tonight, especially tonight. Uh we got a really good, really good one tonight that I cannot wait uh to jump into. But, as you guys all know, in the world of Eric Church, we have a new single. So I know you guys have probably heard this. But, I mean, it's not his, but he has a little bit on it, right? Let's see. Yeah, he has like maybe like two seconds on the song. But I want to take bets and see how fast this was going to rise in number one. Because having Luke Combs bring Eric on, I think, is huge. It's a great song. Um, I know a lot of Luke Combs fans have heard it. For about a year or so now and uh it was really happy i'm not happy that eric's on it so it's cool that luke brought him on because luke is uh, at the top of his game right now and it's amazing to have it out and uh see how good it does so but let me know in the comments uh if you guys are listening live right now let me know if you guys want to hear more of these two together uh i think it'd be interesting to see these two kind of work together in the future or maybe even tour together but uh the kickoff, uh, you guys saw our video our video from our little revolution They are cinematic wedding films, music videos, promos. He travels. He does a lot of work out of Nashville. Ryan Olson is somebody he's worked with. Check our Little Revolution out on Facebook. Uh, A lot of the choir knows his older brother, uh, Tony Castillo. So he is a really good friend of the church choir, and he's in the family. So check him out. Give him a look if you guys are looking for any kind of video work. And then also uh, to Art on a Higher Wire with Joel and Janet South Creative, uh, check out their work. Both of them are very creative. And what they do in either the marketing field and the design field or the artistic field. Uh, Joelle's paintings are just phenomenal. I saw the ones she just did. Uh, just amazing stuff that she's been doing. And then also to everybody that's part of our Patreon. Uh, everybody has signed up. Um, I know tonight's a good night because, you know, if you're part of the Patreon, you do have our monthly giveaway. And tonight's tonight, we're going to pick a winner. So if you are a $5 or more Patreon a month, you are entered in to win this prize pack tonight. And I'm really excited because it's going to be a good one. But uh people have been asking for ways that help support the show. Uh Patreon is the heart and soul of the show. If you guys could help out there, th- that's the best way to do it. It starts at just as low as $3 a month. That would help out. We have some really cool perks. I'm going to keep adding some stuff on our merch perks out there. We have a bonus episode that I do every night, so just go check it out if you guys can, and it's, it's a pretty cool little thing to do, but if you are on Patreon, let's see, let's see, but if you can't, if you can't help support on Patreon, Apple Podcast, you guys, I mean, it's probably the best thing to do. Go over, subscribe, five-star it, review it. Uh, my guests tonight, we're going to talk a lot about uh, podcasting, too, in a way, and how just any kind of reviews always help. Uh, Facebook's the same way. If you see somewhere where you could go and suggest something on someone's page or review it, do it. If you support them and you believe in them, you gotta do it. And because it helps get the word out more and more for something that you believe in as a person. So, without fur- further ado, let's go ahead and pick. Let's see. It's almost right in like last last week. All right. Let's see, who's it gonna be? Christy Johnson. Oh, you can't see that. Christy Johnson, you won this prize pack. Everything in this will be shipped to you. I'll get your name or your address from you, and we'll get it shipped out. So, you guys probably done done hearing me guys talk, huh? You guys wanna be bringing, uh, bringing the guest tonight, or what? I'm trying to catch up on the chat. So, but thank you guys for liking us. If you guys are live, this will be a great show tonight. Ask questions. I'm going to throw them up on the screen. Any kind of comments, anything th- we're going to ask questions, I'll go ahead. If you're listening on this afterwards on the podcast, after you're done listening to this, go check out The Long Cup by Noah Smith. It's another podcast. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit, and I've been catching up on it lately, and it's phenomenal. But if you guys are ready, so am I. Let's bring them on.
1: what's up buddy how are you doing
2: how are you
0: everybody welcome noah smith so welcome to the show man it's really cool because this is my 22nd episode and up till now i've interviewed a lot of fans i had one other kind of local regional artist on uh but they're on a chief tribute band eric tribute band so it's cool to have you on tonight man i'm uh really excited to be able to sit down and talk with you and uh Kind of give you an interview from a fan's perspective, I guess, to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, very cool, man. I'm, I'm excited. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and it mm-hmm. turned out I'm, I'm out here on the West Coast, and, and I got some time to kill, so it's good to be here and sit down and talk with you.
0: Oh, yeah, I cannot wait. I mean, I was, this last couple weeks, or last week since we've talked about this, I've been throwing some topics out there and some different things I've kind of learned about you, and it's really cool because, I mean, first off, I mean, we were, I kind of just touched about it, but. You have your own podcast as well too that you started. And what did you start did you start kind of this in way to reach out to the fans or what were you kind of hoping to attempt with that podcast?
2: Yeah, I mean it it was that but it and also the long cut podcast was you know I put out a record in 2018 called The Long Cut mm-hmm. and it kind of just became a way of life and honestly my friends and fans and family probably they kind of got tired of hearing me talk about The Long Cut um it's just kind of a way of life and something i really believe in how the way i've done music um you know everybody talks about these big successes that rocket ship up but for for me and and my band it's just been this slow gradual climb and every show we play we meet new folks and we learn as we go and we grow as we go and uh, i mean that's part of the reason why we're sitting here having this conversation and then i started thinking that you know Not just music, but it kind of parallels the other things people are doing in life in addition. So we started the podcast up just a way to start talking about my story. And then um, I actually have some new episodes that are going to be coming up. And we dive in talking to some new songwriters, some professional musicians, uh, Rich Redmond from Jason Hydeen's band, other guys like that. Um, So yeah, it's it's just been a really cool thing. And I got to watch out because I love doing the podcast like I'm sure you do. yeah. Sometimes I wanna just do the podcast
0: and I need to <laughs> songs on the road. You know? It can kinda of, it can kinda of overwhelm you in a way at times because it, it's addicting, uh because you can kind of share your perspective a ways and it's just you and a microphone. Like right now it's just kinda of you and I just FaceTiming almost each other and just kinda of talking about podcasting, but it's fun because it's kind of a bug in a way. And I've listened for years to podcasts, which I'm sure you were you have and probably never thought you'd have one and to actually, have somebody that would sit down and download an episode. Of you talking is kind of interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of therapeutic too when you're yep. on your in your you know interviewing. I mean, yep. it kind of forces you. We're always so busy and talking and talking, so it kind of forces you to sit back and listen a little bit. And I've I've learned a lot about myself through interviewing other people, and it's just been a good thing. So, yes, yeah, the long cut podcast with Noah Smith, and we have four new episodes that are going to be coming out here real soon. Oh, that's great! I, I kind of binged
0: it the last couple of days. I highly, highly recommend it if you guys are looking for a new podcast to listen to. Um, if you have a long road trip or anything, and it's cool. Cause you get to learn who Noah is outside just, just hearing his music. So you get to kind of hear his behind the stories of his journey, what he's been doing. Uh, but speaking of that, what got you into music? I mean, you're from Ohio, what, Southern Ohio or Cincinnati area.
2: Yeah. I'm about an hour East of Cincinnati. Uh, Brown County, Ohio is the, the claim to fame out there. Um, you know, got me into music was really was just uh, lyrics, was, was writing words. I kind of kind of fell in love with words about seventh or eighth grade. We had a, I had like an English teacher that would do this free writing thing where, you know, you had to write essays and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where she just told us, to, hey, sit down for 20 minutes and you would just start writing. And kind of naturally through that, it all kind of moved and changed. And then, you know, about my freshman year of high school, I found my neighbor's guitar. And uh, next thing you know, I started putting some of those words to music and... You know, shoot, 12, 15 years later, here we are talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I was a senior in high school.
0: I was in a creative writing class, and I am writing, yeah. like, a poem or a poetry. And I'm like, man, that's why I started getting the itch to kind of write songs. I still write, like, kind of, like, poems and poetry, but I started putting it towards songs. And it's interesting, especially when you go back and look at, like, stuff you would have wrote, in like, in high school or around that time. Because then, especially now, things have changed so much. But I think you probably have some of your deepest songs from that period because you had, you're learning. You're kind of teaching yourself the ways of life in a way.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it's it's always interesting. Sometimes I get out, I got stacks of notebooks. Uh, <laughs> my great uncle was actually a, a, a poet, and he, he published all kinds of books and things, and so he always just kept his notebooks around. So if you go to my house, I have a ton of notebooks stacked up, and I'll get those out every once in a while, I'll read through them. And um, it kind of... Sometimes it just kind of reminds you of, of you know who you who you thought you were at the time and who you definitely wanted to be as you grew up and sometimes that's a really refreshing thing for me to go back and look at and then it never fails some of those thoughts always make them way in the songs I'm writing now I mean obviously I'm a I'm a different person than what I was when I was 16 but um, you know at 32 we're yeah. we're, uh, we're still doing it and finding inspiration through conversations and um, it never fails all that stuff kind of makes its way back somehow
0: so did you always want to be a singer-songwriter or would you want to lean more heavy on the songwriting side or the art- artist side? Because I've met a lot of singer-songwriters or, or song, or it's just songwriters in general, Jonathan Singleton being one of them. And I know he tried out the whole artist route and he just really wasn't a fan of it, didn't like it. Did, it, did you always want to be an artist or did you kind of want to just chill and just be a songwriter?
2: Honestly, man, I, I never really defined it so much as far as like Nashville's terms of you have to be a songwriter or you have to be an artist um, until the last couple of years, I didn't even really understand that, that that was a thing. And now that I've learned kind of more of the business side of some things, i am definitely see the point of that. So for me, I mean, I was just a creative kid. I was just a creative guy growing up and always finding a way to create art of some sort, whether, you know, through performance stuff or no matter what I was doing. So naturally I think it wasn't a choice for me to say like, Hey, I'm going to be a quote unquote artist. Um, I think I just kind of was this person. And uh, I know that sounds pretty, uh, pretty up in the clouds thinking, but, but <laughs> I think naturally was who I was. And, and, you know, I started, I just got the itch to perform and be, be on stage and perform live. And next thing, you know, people started paying attention. And, and I think naturally I just kept fighting to get back up on stage every chance I could and you know still to this day that's i'm trying to get on the road as much as i can and, and just get my words and my music out to meet as many people as i can and after that point it's really not up to me i mean it, it's up to country music fans and it's up to to music fans to, to decide if, if they love what i'm doing and the only way to just to figure that out is get out there so again i didn't like wake up and be like today i'm i'm gonna be a country music artist you know but <laughs> but uh it kind of naturally. Next thing you know, you look around and you do it long enough. I mean, this is who, this is what you're doing, and, and there's really no other option at this point. So,
0: what did you? Uh, what was your full time gig before? Are, are you a full time artist now? Do you do this full time? Yeah, right. Okay. What was your full time gig sure. before you did this? Did this full time?
2: Yeah. So um, I was actually the biggest thing that I did. I went to college and, and actually had a recording studio for years and always kind of messed around with the audio side of things. But uh, for the last eight or nine years, I was actually laying water main. Uh, Working construction for my family's business, my dad's business. Um, he's actually, funny thing is he's actually retiring this year. Um, so props to, to old Pops there. He's he's hanging it up. But I was in a ditch 10 hours a day uh, laying water main and, and, you know, connecting water services around the city of Cincinnati, shoveling, and um, that was that was the grind for sure, just being in the ditches.
0: So, so if the main's break, we know who to blame that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So
2: some
0: business, so. <laughs> Hopefully, the one underneath US Bank Arena will go first. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I I don't know why. Uh, I've been to so many concerts in Cincinnati, like just one off shows. Uh, that's actually the first place I ever met you. Uh, I, my wife and I, we wanted really to go and see the uh, Elton John reunion or the last tour he was doing, which lasted like three years. And I think you were playing right over the border in Kentucky. And I came out and you were just got finished up. I came out and said, hi, real quick. I got a picture with you and just introduced myself. I think I bought a CD. And <laughs> That's
2: so. right, man. I, I actually, you know, I was kind of kind of thinking about how we connected along this way. <laughs> yeah. I, I see that picture. I mean – that was awesome, and I, it's always a special time when somebody pops in, and I knew you were a music fan. I knew we'd be having this conversation someday.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just diehard, and, like, I know, I think, well, my buddy Jeff Brown, he's just like, oh, my buddy Noah's playing really close to Cincinnati, tonight, you should go check him out. So I think it was the minute Elton John was gone, we, we hauled ass over there to kind of check you out real quick. But I think you were wrapping up right as we walked in. I was like, "Ah, oh, we'll catch him. And then the next time I saw you was the church choir party, which, man, That's awesome. Thank you, by, by the way. I know Staples said the same thing. Uh, he's in the chat right now. But thank you so much for playing that party for us and uh, this past May. And it was amazing the lineup. Like I still challenge whiskey or and we jammed to see if they could beat us for a better lineup because that lineup was phenomenal and you added so much to it. So
2: well, thank you. I was I was definitely grateful to be invited to come out and just met all kinds of incredible people that day. And I mean, when you walk into a room like that, you just know it's a special day. And I've always kind of kept an eye, you know, since I met Jeff, shout out to Jeff, and and, and um, just kind of talking about what you guys were doing. I didn't really understand the capacity at which you guys were that day. And then when I walked in and knew what you guys were raising the money from and, and uh, just that sense of community, I mean, you guys are definitely, you have something very special. I
0: see I see your the way you're working things. I mean, well, let's go ahead. That's one of my questions. What is the big old family? Go ahead and explain uh, what that is to you.
2: <laughs> well, um, so I have, I have a song called "Let the Clutch Out." That uh, in, there's a lyric in that song, that's in that, song that says uh, the big. It references the big old family, raising Cain, hitching our step, and there ain't no shame. And um, honestly, it's just kind of yeah. Actually, I still got, got it right there.
1: <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I love well, that.
2: Uh, you know, through that song, um, people started singing along, and then I don't honestly—I'm not sure if a fan came up with it or just through us talking after shows. Um, naturally, that's just kind of what you know. Our my fan base started calling them calling each other, and and it really kind of turned into that organic thing. Of um, I've always struggled with calling my fans fans because mm-hmm. for the longest time, you're just people around you, and the next thing you know, the community grows, and and I've always been a big part of. Wanted my fans to be a part a part of this journey with me. You well, know, you succeed, time. they
0: succeed. I mean, I remember the first time Eric Church ever had a, or won an award for album of the year. I felt like it was something that that I helped accomplish. Like I felt like a part of me, like was I won part of that award that day, and I think the yep. entire church choir felt that way because it's something we've yep. all worked together. He kept us kept us in the loop, so to say. I mean, there's so many artists out there who go out there and kind of just forget about their fans. And, I mean, sometimes they don't do it on purpose. It's kind of like the way their people are and everything around it is. But they don't really kind of listen to it. And I feel like you, just kind of like studying you last week and listening to your podcast and your music, I feel like you're a lot like Eric Church in a way. And growing that is you want want your fans to be first and have them together. Just you doing that New Year's Eve show this past year just – well, volumes because you're a dad of three kids new year's eve you're gonna to want to be home i mean counting down probably with the kids but you're out there with your your family pretty much your road family and having this big old show and it, it's cool and it speaks volumes of, of kind of artists like that
2: yeah it's very true man and I, i've always been a big believer of that i mean i'm a at the end of the day if i wasn't doing this if i wasn't on this side of the guitar I'd be at the shows, and you know me and my wife, we, we constantly—if we can get to a show, we go to shows. We're, we're just live music junkies, and um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate sometimes because I miss some great shows because I do have to go perform. But that you know, in the reality of it, as a fan, if they come out to see my show, you know, they're going to pay—they're going to pay for a ticket, they're going to pay for whatever drinks and dinner they have that night, and you know, if they get a hotel or if they're coming in from out of town, I mean, there's people that are spending. $500 to come see mm-hmm. a show. And, and that's something that I don't take lightly. And whenever we put a show together that, you know, I'm a part of booking and finding the opening acts oh, and things yeah. like that, I'm I'm really passionate about, I want them to come out, not just enjoy a Noah Smith show, but to wake up the next morning and, and say, you know, I, I had a great Saturday night. Noah Smith was part of it. Mm-hmm. This guy that I wrote songs with or this gal that I wrote songs with was a part of it. And, and that really just kind of grows from there. Um, but I think you're spot on. I mean, Eric does a, a fabulous job of that. I mean, it's it's obviously. One thing Eric-
0: I saw Church kind of doing it in this last tour that I would love to see more artists do in a way is kind of have a hype man in a way. So Eric had this guy. His name was Justice. He would run around. He would do stuff during the day, like choir games and stuff. But I think, I think there should be like, because you're saying people make weekends out of it. They work. They work months and save up a long time for shows like new year's eve or these bigger shows and they want to make it like i know scott staples he does a lot of our pre-show parties and everything like that and he makes yeah. them where it's cool where like like he could be the type of guy where you guys go in every city he's the one that's in charge of getting the fans riled up before the show you're doing like you're calling up the local bars and finding like two-for-one deals like that, that guy's setting it all up yeah. And then maybe you're sneaking in, like, playing two songs real quick acoustic and sneaking out the back door or something. Like, stuff like that, that is always cool. <laughs> feel
2: like, I feel like I need to get to Amazon and purchase one of those T-shirt cannons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those are always fun, dude. And I'm surprised more artists don't have those things. I know Church had a, a spray gun at one time. That always yeah. makes me mad, man. Like, I understand, I, like, the whole Luke Combs does it, too. The whole throwing a drink in the crowd. Could you imagine someone that doesn't drink soaked in Jack Daniels driving home getting pulled over? <laughs> How do you explain that?
2: <laughs> I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say I've I've looked up T-shirt I've priced me some T-shirt cannons
0: before. Oh, those would be cool. You just need one of those, one of those potato guns. <laughs> so you played the well. You played New Year's Eve. You were supposed to be done at midnight, correct? And then you came back on and played for another hour or so.
2: Yeah, well, two years ago, we, we definitely kind of overstayed our welcome, if you will. We, we just kept on playing. Um, the way I see it, you know, we're going to do that New Year's Eve show every year, and it's just a way for us to have a, the best New Year's Eve party we can. And, uh, yeah, it's always a good time. Sometimes it's hard to get us off stage.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a good thing because there's so many artists out there. There are so many groups that I'll go and see. It's hard to keep them on stage at times. So you well, you worry, like, you're wondering, like, hey, come on. Like, you
2: know, I yeah, saw it's kind of a joke inside my band, you know, whenever naturally everybody gripes a little bit about this and that. And it's, it's, we always say, you know, Starbucks is always hired, man. If, if, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a, we kind of have a new thing we've been saying. We, we put it up in my rehearsal space and it says, it says we get to do this because mm-hmm. the truth is uh, no matter what you do, if you're putting in your, your hard work, it's, it's hard. It what, what we do is hard. I mean, it looks pretty easy some nights, but there's a lot of time and late nights and long drives and all that. But, at the end of the day, we're very blessed to be able to do it. So I just, you know, try to remind ourselves we get to do this and we get, we get to get up there and play. So if, until they turn the power off, you know, we'll, we'll give it all we got.
0: <laughs> Angela says we would listen to Noah all night. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I believe that. What's up, Angela? <laughs>
0: Trying to throw up some of these comments as, as we can. Lisa says, big old family, love being at Noah's shows. Hey, so what's up, Lisa? I gotta I gotta see one of these full band shows. Now you're coming to Chicago soon. Is that gonna be full band when you come to Emerald Isle here soon?
2: Yeah, everything everything I think that's on the calendar, aside from uh, maybe an Eddie's Attic date, uh, we're we're full band. You know, out out
0: hitting the road as hard as we can. I know it's a little hard to see. I was trying to make this graphic earlier, it's a little small. But you're gonna be what March 24th, Atlanta. March 28th, Kentucky. All right, you're gonna be in Chicago. April. Uh, April 18th, I think it is. Emerald Isle, man. I hear so many great things about that place. I haven't been there yet. Um, yeah. I'm actually talking to the guy that runs it right now about maybe a future date for a show coming up. Um, great we got We got a request, man. North Carolina. You got any plans for 2020, North Carolina?
2: Uh, we're working on it. If somebody, you know, if you got a suggestion, throw it up. We're, we're looking for spots. We've definitely talked to some people down there um i've toured through their acoustic in the past but you know we're trying to bring the band everywhere we go this year and, and uh definitely hoping to get back down to north carolina
0: i know listening to your podcast you're talking about you do you were doing house concerts for a while Are you doing any this year at all Are you planning on or what's your no, idea of you doing no house concerts too we'll go into that after but you have any plans for any future ones uh
2: not not in 2020 i think we're just keeping the band on the road as much as possible um you know, th- things pop up and move as the year goes. But, uh, yeah, I did those in the past, and, and they're – honestly, I actually just hosted a house concert in my own living room for an <laughs> artist named Percy Bell. Uh, right. So it's such a cool experience if you can mm-hmm. find the right group of people that understand what's going on. And um, it's definitely a unique listening environment. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're out with the band trying to keep the band busy and just kind of do our full and go in, kind of kick them in the teeth, if you will. But house, house concerts, if you ever get a chance to go mm-hmm. to one or host one, I'm definitely a big believer of that world. It's definitely a special way to share music with your friends and family.
0: I try to host one once a year. I took last year off just, just financial things. And, uh, but I try to host one once a year. And it's fun because you get people down here and they actually listen to the music. And it's not like you go to a bar, they're drinking, they're loud, there's people talking in the background. Like a house concert, you actually hear a pin drop at times. And you, you listen to the stories, you get hung on. And they're really cool just hearing some of these stories that you guys get relate to the songs and like I was talking to Jeff Brown about this and you talk in your new single that's coming out cigarettes and Jesus you talk about the church choir in there and songs can mean so many different things and that's why I love hearing the songwriters version of it because like you're talking about like singing in the church choir in the new single but like when we hear it we almost think about our family in the church choir like our brothers and sisters that have our backs and we hear it in a different way and so we can relate to your songs and I mean, how does that make you feel when you get stories or how does that make you like if you get stories when people are trying to take your lyrics, and it's not the way you meant them to sound. But now you're like, oh, wow, this can kind of go a different way, too. I mean, how does how do you take that sometimes your lyrics?
2: There's there's a lot of truth to all that that you're saying. And I'll be honest, sometimes the, the longer I play a song out, it'll kind of change the meaning to me because fans come out after shows or I look it in their eyes or they might raise a drink up. And I start realizing like, Oh, that line right there actually means something completely different to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think at first as a young writer, you kind of get defensive about that, but it's, it's, you're sharing and it's up to them. It's, it's not my job after that. And, and sometimes those lines come back and I've even kind of gotten where I've noticed, like I'd go back and watch an old video and I'm actually telling a different story because three years later the song actually does mean something different to me and so because we it's a very living and breathing thing with me mm-hmm. and the fans you know up on stage and through coming through speakers that what i meant by it might have changed and the next thing you know it's like you know that song now means something else to me so i'm all i always love it i love it one of my favorite things to do is hear what my songs are meaning to somebody else because i can think i have the best I got a gold bar in my pocket, and it's the best thing in the world. But it's all tra- it's all trash unless somebody else believes so too. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, I just stay in my room and play by myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now, um, now writing these songs, like I know there was a song that uh, Eric recorded, uh, like Jesus does. He didn't write it. Uh, it was one of the only songs he's ever recorded that he yeah. didn't write. But it's kind of going back, like like the church choir. How we're talking, like it's a song where. It sounds like he's talking about, like, a lover, like, a wife or a girlfriend. But he's, like, talking about how they'll never leave you this and that. And I got to thinking one day, I'm like, no, that sounds like a mom. I mean, that sounds like a mom that would never leave you. So it was right before I got married, I actually ended up asking Eric. I said, what are you singing about? He goes, well, you could kind of take it either way. I was like, well, dude, man, that sounds like your mom. I'm like, we're dancing it at my wedding. So that's my mom and I's dance. He's, he loved that song. But, like, for you, you just recorded uh, a song that you didn't write. How... How do you do that? How do you go about, or not how do you do that, but how do you, as a songwriter, record a song that you didn't have a hand in? Is it tough? Or is it just kind of one of those things like, damn, I wish I would have wrote it, and I'm so glad I get to cut it?
2: I think the truth is, in the, it just shows the power of songwriting and songs, and that it all starts with a song, and here's why. If you would asked me this question 10 years ago, my answer would be, man, I'm never going to put out anybody else's music. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to play anything that somebody else wrote. I can't believe in something that I didn't write. And then I heard a song called Out of State Tags uh, that I didn't write, that I did release. And and that song just stuck around and stuck around. And I kept believing in it and believing in it. And then the artist that wrote it, Trapper Haskins, is a good friend of ours. He's actually got a, a record coming out this year. I started falling in love with Trapper's music and then we started doing shows. And next thing you know, we're good friends and we're sleeping on his floor when we're touring. And then you wake up one day and I think, you know what, man, I wonder if I could ask Trapper if I, it would be okay for me to put that song out because I'd like to give it some life of my own. Cause I believe in it that much. So 10 years ago, if you'd asked me that, I never would have told mm-hmm. you that. So I think that just shows goes to prove that the power of songs and good songwriting is it, it all starts with a good song. Um, and, you know, it was different for me, but it's – every time I play it, the cool thing is, I mean, I get to play one of my favorite songs, and, and it's my song now. So.
0: <laughs> well, it's a cool song. I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background here. I love that you're too cool for school. I love that line. But it's just cool because I would say tags, it's kind of like, like well another everything that jeff brown and i were talking about i just love that guy i mean he's so cool to sit down and talk about because he's another guy that i mean that's why i can tell you and jeff get along so well because his music knowledge is just unbelievable but uh we were talking we were kind of like yeah traveling to concerts we're all the out state tags we're the guys coming in with all 10 different or 12 different states all coming on to one show and coming to see and bring all the Isle State tags with us and yeah. This is an amazing song too, so it's really cool to hear you you sing it. And um, it was cool to hear it, but it, like I want to ask, like how it, if it's tough because being a songwriter, you do want to have a hand in things. But when you hear that song, and it's just like, dang, like I wish I would have had a hand in it. But if I'm gonna be able to cut it, I'm gonna roll with it, and I'm gonna be cool with it, and have fun
2: with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's cool. We get sometimes we get to play live, and Trapper, you know, we'll be in a town near him or near cool. Nashville, and he'll page and he actually we recorded a live record um last year um, noah smith live at the ludlow garage and you can jump on my youtube channel and there's actually a recording of me and trapper or the band and trapper playing that song and he comes out at the end and he sings a chorus and on that live record honestly it's my it's my favorite moment in that entire live record because we got to share that together you know and he came up and told me that he said i i've i came into a new town and played that song and people are singing it back to me and nice. so you know it's 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 a gift that we get to share with each other for the rest of our lives now, and I'm very happy and honored that he, he let me cut that song, and really excited, really excited about it.
0: How does it feel having a, having an album on vinyl? Did you ever think no, you'd have a, something on vinyl?
2: Yeah, but I have a problem now. I want to put <laughs> everything on
0: vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then you can start marketing like four different colors and. <laughs> right. <that's> right. <laughs> Yeah, it no, it's just cool because, I mean, you you and I are close to the same age. Just growing up, I mean, our parents had tons of vinyl. And to yeah. think last year alone that vinyl outsold CDs, that yeah. is just unbelievable.
2: And vinyls, are, vinyl's a very good way for a, a – you talk about the experience with fans. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we're, you know, trying to always find ways that we can care for fans. And I think vinyl's a really special way to do that because, you know, it's you get your CD, and, and a lot of time people ask for an autograph on that. But – the vinyl is definitely something special that I feel like we kind of give fans to say, this is a one of a kind. Nobody has that record. That that exact print is, exact nobody is you know, uh, so I really like the fact that we were able to put that live record. There's eight songs on there and, and they're all great. It sounds <laughs> so good. Um, so I, I got it sitting with my record stack with some Bruce Springsteen right now. There you <laughs> go.
0: Well, if you guys are looking for his vinyl, check out his, his store at well, Music.com, correct? Yep, I mean we'll right. get we'll get all later on in the show too. But yeah, guys, check out his store over there. Some cool stuff. I love this shirt. Uh, I think it's a newer shirt you just put out with the cigarettes on it. That's an amazing shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Cigarette
2: some cool
0: Jesus, stuff. there it is. Uh, yep. Yeah, Damn, I'm, I'm excited. So you got a date yet? When that's coming out?
2: Um, stay tuned. It's this March, it's coming out in March. So okay.
0: You can keep it on nice. Well, we we got to make a push for it for sure. Definitely get it out there and get it shared for you and. I know your big old family will, but we'll have to help you out and see what we can do. And oh,
2: man, I appreciate that so much.
0: <laughs> so talking about, like, kind of learning stuff from, about about you and everything, uh, listening to your podcast, I heard, or I thought I heard, one of your last episodes that's live right now, that you did something work with Hope Song?
2: Yeah, I went down to, to Hope Song, and or to Chipsa Hospital down yep. in Mexico. Yeah, okay. Hope Song, Nashville, there it is.
0: Yeah, yep. my and, buddy, uh, Louis Price, he's a big part of that, too. So him and uh, Satterfield, and I forgot who else. I know Lee's a part of it, too. But how did you get kind of hooked up with these guys?
2: Yeah, through uh, Stevie Mons, actually, um, honestly, I was kind of blown away because I've been down in Nashville for years, just for a few years, just grinding away. I don't live down there permanently, but I'm down there during the week a lot and writing and and playing in different circles. And so when I got asked, um, to be real transparent, I mean, it kind of – it set me back, and I thought, wow, like – these guys were paying attention to what we've been doing and what I've been doing in town. And, um, cause I kind of always saw that as like an inner circle thing. Um, yeah. so it meant a lot to me, but then when I got to go down there and, and be a part of it, um, it was really a gift to me to be able to share. We basically would go to the hospital every day and music therapy was part of chips a hospitals, entire program, um, for rehabilitation. And so we, we got to go and play and, and meet so many cool people and hear their stories. And um, it was just, just an awesome thing. And then at the end of the day, I got to spend a week in Mexico, which wasn't a bad <laughs> deal. at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here's a great thing. I well, hear they're going to start doing like some touring shows and some different things yeah. too. But if you guys don't know what a hope song is, uh, their mission is to fund integrated cancer treatment for those in need and to provide musical performance as a form of therapy to assist in their treatment. So you're pretty much you're playing for just, uh, cancer patients down there, but you're kind of giving them a little bit of hope, I guess, at the same time. Yeah. Hope song is, is the name of it. But, uh, yeah, if you guys ever get in you, know, in, you guys are out there listening, uh, you can come be a part of it in any way. Check it out. It's great. Great cause. So, yeah, I overheard you kind of kind of touch on that. And I'm like, well, that's something we got to yeah. bring up because I was familiar with it with Lewis. And that's why when I, I heard you're a part of it, too. I was just like, I've always kind of thought it was really cool what they were doing. Yeah, they, so. they do
2: some events in Nashville as well. Um, and, you know, I think the, the back story behind it also was, um, you know, it wasn't just – it is the Hope song, obviously the name, but they actually noticed through – they did it for a little while and realized that just kind of the full body uh, treatment and mind and body and heart together, that their patients started, you know, doing a little bit better. So that's when they came in. I think it's full time. There's always a songwriter in town um, at the, the hospital. And it's really special for sure.
0: It it's close to home. Cause my wife works at a cancer hospital here in town and, and just hearing the different stories and everything else that you hear every day. And especially like coming out of St. Jude and Memphis as well. Like I, I kind of, whenever I'm around Memphis, I kind of sneak in or if I have any extra football cards, I'll drop them off at the hospital if I can. But it's just stuff that uh, it's just crazy that when you think of the world and what's going on and how just a song, just going to a hospital or somewhere and just singing a song to somebody can give them so much more life for a day. And uh, yep. like I was learning after we lost Kobe yeah. here, they're talking about how Kobe Bryant used to do this in like almost every town he went to, he would sneak in and not tell him, like he would say, yeah, I would do it, but no PR. Like, and they would bring him in right. the back door into the thing. And they said almost every time he would go somewhere, he would go and visit a cancer patient or somebody in the hospital. And I just think like that. And then people wonder why, why when celebrities die, we kind of relate to them in a way as fans of that celebrity or that higher power. And it's because, the way they have to connect, and right. I hate, I hate it. Like I'm not a political person, but how they were comparing like celebrities and military. I mean, people sign up for different jobs. People will sign up to be an artist because they love performing. People will sign up to be in the military because they love protecting, and they don't, they don't want to get the gratitude for protecting. For performers want to have that gratitude, and when I think of stuff like that, like when people are doing stuff and doing the songs, I, I, I love that you guys will spend time and do stuff like that. And most of the time on your own dime at, at times, like it was locally and everything right. too. Like I know uh, for our party this year, you came, came in and you were going to play on your own dime. And then Jeff was able to split it up and pay a little bit of the artists to help him out a little bit too. But I just think it's awesome. Like kind of like when you guys give back, like especially I know you help yeah. out a lot sure. and do a lot of different things. Oh, well, and they said you, Andy, so you perform for TJ Martelli as well.
2: Yeah, TJ Marcel. Oh, right? Marcel, okay. Yeah, yeah. We we got to actually. We're doing another event down at Eddie's Attic this year, so keep an eye out for that. Um, okay. With guys and incredible. I mean, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude for what I get to do in my life. So anytime that we can find space to do it, I I, I love to jump on and be able to help out. And I hope we continue to do that because you know. And then at the end of the day, it gives me a chance to show my boys too that. You know, there's, there's more to life than just going out there and piling up the money. You know, there's something there's
0: mm. out there. Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to, like, I mean, to fill a couple ponds on your, your land, but it's also nice at the same time to kind of give it back at the same time, like when you can't. Um, yeah. And I, I like seeing that because uh, they always talk about the year is always a hot topic whenever it comes to the church choir and everything else. And they're like, well, how does Garth Brooks win every year? Well, he's out there building homes. He's out there doing extra things and He's out there being just doing what he's supposed to do, like show up, be what he has to do, and then go back home or whatever. Like, he's out there and he's kind of busting his butt. And I can see how that is. And I, I see that in you, too. Kind of just like listen to your podcast. You're out there doing a podcast. You're out there playing house shows. You're in, you're out in San Francisco this week. You're out just doing different things. You're not just kind of, you, you don't even live in Nashville. You still travel. I mean, how often yeah. do you travel back and forth? I mean, right now.
2: Yeah, man. For um, I, just to
1: interject, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook my phone up because oh,
2: I, I had like 80% and it's diving, but I'm gonna keep chatting with you. <laughs> go uh, ahead. Yeah. So in uh, in 2017, man, I um, I actually pretty much uh, started February 2nd of 2017. I started going to Nashville every week, actually. Um, so it was just a lot, but I was looking at you know I was laying water main ten hours a day, four days a week. And, uh, me and, me and Candice started talking and, and we said, you know, let's just make a jump. And her photography business is incredible. And that's actually why we're out here in San Francisco. Um, she's actually at a conference and, um, so yeah, you know, you just, you just got to jump in and do it. Um, and I, what the funny thing is I actually see my boys more traveling than when I was, you know, clocking into work every day because Mm. you come home and the next thing you know, you know, you got an hour or two, you eat dinner and they go to bed. Well, you know, the last Um, you know, a few months of my life, I've been able to take them to school in the mornings and that's something that means a lot to me and I might be gone for three or four days and then we're back, you know, but, um, it's, it's definitely a lot, but it's worth it. Um, it, it just looks different. I think it takes a long time. A lot of people that are doing anything in their life that's outside the norm, you kind of got to be okay that like your family or, uh, But like, you just got to wake up and say, you know, this is what I do, and this is what my family does, and this is what, what we look like, you know. Right. Uh, so it's just different, man, but we love it. We got a cool life, and it's wild and crazy, and it's just getting started, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's going to get busier for you. So in 2017, you won Cincinnati Entertainment Award winner for Best Singer-Songwriter, dude. That is phenomenal. This, this is a picture from it here.
2: Oh yeah,
0: there we are. That's right. There you yeah. go. That is awesome, though. So this is like all of Cincinnati that uh, you're nominated for. Or? Can you hear me? Sorry, man. I- it's all good. Yeah, I hear you. Can yeah, you- I'm right, I'm right here.
2: Can <laughs> you-, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Free. Everything sprays up on me a little bit. Okay,
0: no, so um, you won the Cincinnati Entertainment Award uh, for Best Singer Songwriter. Now, this kind of like just around Cincinnati, or is it branch out to the suburbs of Cincinnati? I mean, what kind of this, yeah, I mean, this is? pretty big. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a really cool. It was a big deal, man. We've uh, uh, City Beat is kind of the local throwaway magazine and things in Cincinnati. And growing up, um, you just wanted to be listed on their shows, and so. To be able nice. to win that award, I mean, it's the first kind of accolade that I ever won, um, but but it was it was definitely cool. Um, first of many, it came though. after a year of me putting in a lot of miles, so I, I was definitely grateful and appreciate that, and it helps with book shows, I think. So it's cool oh yeah,
0: yeah, because you can put that tag now. 2017 <laughs> yeah, <that's> winner. <Warrior>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. So uh, another thing that I, I kind of learned, I didn't really want to touch on too much because I want fans to kind of go back and listen to your podcast too and kind of catch up. If you guys have not listened. It's a long cut. Go check it out on Apple Podcasts. Like it, share it, five-star it, whatever you got to do. Um, I learned something that you, instead of doing music,
2: you almost want to do theater in a way? Yes. Well, I, I went to school. For, <laughs> so I went to the College Conservatory of Music. Yeah. Um, at the University of Cincinnati for audio and video. And, you know, about two or three years into it, I, I went through this hallway. This is a very true story. I kind of roamed through this hallway and there was these just gnarly looking dudes with paint covering them and they had like welder's mask on. And I grew up very blue, you know, blue collar. My dad's a heavy construction worker and, and just hard work doing tobacco and stuff. So I was like, Oh, these guys, what are these guys up to? You know? So I almost changed my major. I'm, I'm glad I did not Cause I, you know, I, I don't really use my degree as far as, like, I didn't go get a job because of it. But, uh, you know, what I went to school for definitely helped me helps me build my career as an artist and, and as a musician. Um, but, yeah, I, I was always my, – my family was always real big into that. Like I said, my dad was, like – you know, grunt construction, but but hey, go be in the plays or go yeah. be, you know, multidisciplinary. Um, it's not just about being a jock; it's about doing this and this and this and making this well-rounded approach at life. I'm very grateful that my mom and dad raised me that way. Uh, we try to do that with our boys too, because sometimes, you know, it's like you are going to be a football player and that's all you get, or you're going you could go the opposite way, like you're going to be a pianist or whatever. But just taking that kind of well-rounded view at life's always been cool but um yeah I love going to plays and theater I mean it's all just live shows performing I'm, I'm in
0: love with it all so you're uh, you interviewed actually the guy from million dollar quartet and that's what kind of led into that
2: yeah,
1: and yeah, uh you yeah actually,
0: Adam yeah, oh, yeah yeah I mean great interview too with the guy so you do you get to see the Broadway performers of that or
2: i have I have not seen it
0: oh no oh it's great man. it's great my wife and I we we actually saw I think he was the one that was in the Chicago run, and we saw mm-hmm. it at the Apollo Theater in Chicago, so I think we actually oh, saw cool. one of his shows. So, cool. but, uh, yeah, if you ever get the chance, if it comes back around, check it out. It's really cool. So, it's definitely, yeah, it's, I'm a fan of Memphis. Uh, that's why I just, well, the name of the show and everything, too, and so I, I got to tour Sun Records and actually bought the album of Million Dollar Quartet, the actual show, and it's it's something really cool. If You never actually sit down and listen to the whole album, It's cool because Sam Phillips never hit the record or hit hit the stop button. He recorded conversations in between the two. He was between all of them. And uh, it was just really cool to kind of, you always, everybody say, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to be a fly on the wall. And that's kind of like what the Million Dollar Quartet was. Sam Phillips was that fly on the wall that decided to hit. I mean, he was a genius. Just decided to hit record and, record this amazing night right before christmas i mean you got elvis and johnny cash doing christmas songs together almost so yeah just some really cool stuff but uh yeah i, I was a big fan of million dollar quartet so when i heard you guys kind of interviewing and talking about it like i just loved it so
2: one of my one of my better shows or one of my favorite yeah, better shows <laughs> yeah there's there's another uh another play out there called uh king it's about king records okay based out, of, based out of cincinnati Ton of history of music. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati's got a ton of rich music history um, from Motown to country music. One of the last places that Hank Williams ever recorded is still in Cincinnati, called Herzog Studios. Okay. Um, uh, and yeah, so it's check. I love all that stuff. Just I love how you're just telling people like, don't just listen to country music. Go yeah. ahead and find it all. You know. <laughs> well, you have to. I mean,
0: there's there's such a wide range of music because I mean. What is country now? And it's kind of like... I know L- 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 Lynn or whatever just came out on that podcast and said country music's dead. And that's something else. Like, I kind of pulled this picture up. because I wanted to kind of bring that up to you about... But do you think that, I mean, country music is dead? Because what is country music to you?
2: I think that for... For forever in time in history, there was people that are going to complain about this same situation. Uh, I think there was people back back when you know Waylon and Willie were were hitting it when mm-hmm. their younger years that were probably saying these same conversations and they were griping about the same stuff. And I might get some uh, some some pushback from this, but if if you put up if you put their records up, they're great records and great songs. Mm-hmm. But sit down and listen to a bunch of records from the 1930s. It, it all sounded like it all sounded the same sit down and listen to music from the 1960s. It all sounded the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this this process. I mean, I don't, I don't try to fight it. I don't think country music's dead. I, I think music is progressing. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a great, a time. It, if we stopped the progression if now, and we did that same thing back then, we wouldn't have an artist like Eric Church. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the artist. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You wouldn't You'd have a there. prince. <laughs> all, I mean, you wouldn't have a prince. Yeah. All of that music layers on top of itself and inspires the next generation the truth is if, if we come up with some scenario to end that if they would have done that years ago I mean country music wouldn't exist so I'm excited I think it's a great time to be making music it's a good time to be a music fan mm-hmm. um, right. I mean years ago somebody like yourself couldn't have a platform to be able to show your taste or show your thoughts on this um, but now we get to be you know we get to dive in. Uh, it's a little tricky because everybody thinks they're an expert, but uh, um, I don't know. There's no experts. There. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we learn something new every day. But she was talking about kind of like it's the pressure to evolve the genre. Have you ever felt like pressure? I mean, or is that anything that concerns you as an artist that maybe that there is pressure to evolve the country music genre? I mean, to what it was. I mean, to me, the best country music that's ever been was '90s country. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get anything back. <laughs> I mean, I do think you, Luke Combs, uh, Cody Johnson, there's there's some names out there that uh, I definitely do feel that is kind of bringing a 90s feel back in a way. Mm. But I think, I don't even know if there's pressure to evolve, but it's kind of like what you were talking about. If everything sounds the same, it's going to get boring after a while, and you want a new thing. And I think it's okay to kind of cross over, and I, I think genres should just be another thing. I don't really... I mean, genres is just so wild now. I think playlists should replace genres in a way. (laughs) Because, I mean, like I said, what is country music? I mean, everybody says, what is country music to you? Is it Johnny Cash or is it Leonard Skinner? I mean, it's two different versions, southern rock and country. But it's like, then you throw in John Prine, Americana, um, singer-songwriter type music, which I think you feel fall more in that kind of category with your Eric Church's, your Bruce Springsteen's and whatnot and it's kind of like then you have your kane browns your florida georgia lines and all that poppy rap country and it's still country in a way And it's just kind of like as a fan there's so wide range of country music and it's kind of hard i mean i don't know just as a fan like i could see country as four or five different genres in a way right right right. so because i think southern rock is almost that because there's really not much southern rock being played out there anymore other than cover music. Yeah.
2: I, I think I think a legendary band of our time, it it's really easy to kind of talk about these guys as the Eagles. I mean mm-hmm. where where did the Eagles where did the Eagles fall in? Were they were they country? Yep. Was it southern rock? Was it rock and roll? Was it pop music? Like they're a and, rock and, and roll really, band,
0: but you listen to them now, they're
2: country. Right, right. Yeah. And I to me, I think the genre thing gets a little tricky, but it always again it just comes back to a song. I mean I, there's some hip hop songs that are great songs. There's some country songs that are good songs. And and I don't think I'm in any position to say that somebody shouldn't be making music the way that they make it or making sounds that they make the way they make it. Uh, but as far as country music, I mean, I think we have to be careful to draw too many hard lines again, to go back to what I said. I mean, I really believe that if those lines were drawn years ago, we, we wouldn't have the great artists that are on top of the world right now. Um, I mean, I just, I really believe in that. And, the truth is man it's just like fantasy football i mean people people are going to want to talk about this stuff forever yep. so <laughs> who, who,
0: it's like who are you drafting this year it's like who's, yeah, gonna right, be, right. who's gonna be your starters this year so
2: this year i think
0: music is heading into a really good direction um i know a lot of people uh kind of judge luke combs where he's going but it's kind of cool to see how he's blown up because I remember seeing pictures. I remember who Luke Combs was. I remember seeing him front row in a North Carolina uh, Eric Church show, wearing an Eric Church shirt, just rocking out like one of us. And now he's selling out. I just think he just hit it at the right time, and he had that '90s country feel. And he just kind of took a. I mean, he was an overweight-looking dude, that scruffy-looking guy that kind of was just your average American. And I think that's why everybody (laughs) in country music fell in love with him so
2: much and related he's relatable yeah he's a, yeah i mean he's a monster vocalist he's a monster songwriter um it's i to it to kind of take the, the sports analogy i mean people can get on on people for having great success but it's kind of like when someone gets drafted into the nba it's like mm-hmm. you should go to college it's like well if you have the opportunity to go make your millions right now like go do it and I, i'm i'm I, I love me some Luke Holmes songs, you know, and yeah. some great songs. And you mentioned him and Eric doing that song together. I think it's going to be really cool to see what, what that does. Um, and again, you know, you could take those two worlds and bend them. I mean, you could call Eric Church, you know, the genre that you could, a genre, and he's kind of not that. He's Eric Church, right? Yeah. And then you have Luke Holmes that I think you could kind of put into here, and them two are coming together. So why draw the lines? Let, let's, let, let's just make some good music and write good songs. Exactly. And I
0: remember like when he was coming up, when Luke Combs was coming up, he was doing so much acapella stuff, too. And all that Vine stuff he was doing was just unbelievable. But yeah. it kind of makes me think, though, in a way. Like I remember when I first got to meet Eric, he would talk about uh, actually the first time he ever met Chris Christopherson. And it was something that always stuck with me. Chris Christopherson told Eric Church, he goes, just always remember, so the faster you go to the top, that's when you come back to the bottom. And he goes, you want to take, you take your time to get there because he goes, if you raise really quick, you're just going to get slapped right back down. And, and, and I feel like that's Luke Holmes. I feel like he's going to be really hot for an album or two. Then by the third album, I think he's just going to fizzle back down and kind of be back to super, or not, just human again, not superhuman. Like he is now, <laughs> but uh, that's something that I know Eric used to say. He always, always stuck with him. That Chris Chrisofferson told him man. And I see that so true that I see so many artists that take the time to sit down and grind. And other than the ones that use kind of like the TV show success, uh, the voice and everything else, the ones that have like overnight success, because I see all the ones that have the overnight success, have the overnight downfall really quick too. I mean, it's the one, two hits they're gone. And the artists kind of like yourself that are grinding in the bars and the honky tonks and, are kind of putting their fans first and kind of sitting around for a little longer. And I see that they have more of a shelf life on their albums than maybe Luke Combs will have. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, I think like, I think he's going to fade out as quick as he faded in.
2: Yeah. I mean, time will tell, man. I'm but you know, to, uh, give a little testament of, of where he is. I don't know Luke personally. I know some of the, some of the guys that wrote songs for him and things, but yeah. in 2000, I actually have an email from 2015 that I got asked to open for Luke. Um, he was coming through Cincinnati and just playing, playing acoustic. And I was already booked on a show. Uh, but the reality is just in 2015, you know, he was, he was in a van or, or wherever and he was, you know, traveling around mm-hmm. acoustic and there might've been 70 people at that show. Um, and it, it's kind of funny looking back on it, but, No matter how fast you go up and you go down, um, actually, Aaron Tippin told me this one time at a show, and, and, you know, he said, you know, it's, you're going to play the same places going up as you do coming down. And so the trick Mm -hmm. is, no matter how fast that happens, it's the type of person that you are to the world. Uh, for my seat, I mean, it looks like Luke's Luke's a great guy doing good, making good music and having the time of his life. So uh, no matter how fast that happens, you know, I wish those guys well. But it is interesting to sit back and kind of watch how it happens and we can kind of get sucked into that. But um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a monster and, and they're, they're doing great things for sure.
0: So what was played in your household growing up? Like who was uh, who was your inspiration, like your parents? Who did your parents grow you up on?
2: So country music was Alan Jackson. My mom loved her some Alan Jackson. Uh, and then, you know, but to be the biggest thing that she ever listened to was Paul Simon. Um, she was, you know, that, that record nice. Graceland of Paul Simon was just on repeat in our house. So um, I kind of got some pop sensibility to my to my hearing and what I was into, I think, lyrically because of Paul Simon. Um,
0: but He did the know, one. Uh, you can call me Al, Right.
2: Oh, yeah, it's
0: one of the best ones. I love movies that song.
2: <laughs> Chevy Chase, I think, was
0: in it. That's
2: right, that's right. Yeah, he, he sets that he sets something up on that, that uh, there's a table and he sets something on there, but there's no glass and it just falls. It's the best video of all time.
0: <laughs> so that's that's cool. It was kind of like my house. Huh? My, 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 my mom raised me up in the country. It was like Vince Gill, Patsy Cline. She loved my dad. Okay. was more Aerosmith, Super Tramp, um, stuff like that. I mean, I remember him taking me to see Super Tramp. When I was younger and probably one of the coolest shows I think I ever, ever saw because it was a big band and all the sounds. I was like, what is this stuff? And I'm like, it was, it was a really cool band that I used to love just growing up. So it's really kind of like to see where your influence are to kind of led you to. I mean, did you always think you'd play country or did you think you'd kind of go in a different way or? Um, like, what what again, were you into? I mean, like, what did you, because did you despise your parents? Did you roll with what they were into or what were you into?
2: Yeah, I mean the truth behind that would be my, my parents aren't really musical people. They just, yeah. they love good music, you know? So they Jimmy Buffett was on at the pool or the Eagles, you know, and um, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson. So, I mean, I was just always kind of around it. Um, I never really sat down and maybe I should have done this, but I never really sat down and was like, I'm going to play this or this is the style that I'm going to be, or this is the type of artist or, Um, I think my life just naturally progressed. So I grew up kind of a punk rock kid, just, Mm -hmm. just through the music that we listened through, um, you know, listening to punk rock music and just the bands and, uh, yeah, punk rock influence. Uh, and, and, you know, naturally, I think that was just where I was at my high school. There was a bunch of bands and, you know, they were the, they were the screamo kind of yelling, screaming bands. And, um i remember being in a yearbook class one day and literally a group of us were like we should start like just a rock and roll band that like <laughs> when my aunt comes to the show she can like understand what i'm saying you oh. know and um and i had wrote some so- i've written some songs by that time so that kind of started it um there was a band called dashboard confessional and oh, I, I was growing them. up yeah every syllable that that, that that guy wrote i just hung on to and fell in love with and songwriting really came to me after that where it was like okay this this all makes sense and this is a culture that that i want to be around and um that's when i started finding friends that made music that i like to make and um Mm. and then i was in a band all through college and and you know once that all kind of fell apart i just kept playing and i kept the band name and it was just me for a while (laughs) Um, and then what was the band name uh the uh, we were called the gambling district <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah you can i think you can i think you can still find it out there somewhere in the world but that's uh, fine <laughs> so i just i just kept playing and then my songwriting just naturally progressed as i grew up my writing grew up and my stories changed and um you know life influenced what was going on and we had our first son when i was 20 mm-hmm. um, so you know it wasn't my life at 20 wasn't being in college and and uh Going to frat parties. I mean, I was out playing music and and uh, in college, and I had a family, so um, I just naturally progressed. And then next thing you know, I was in Nashville, and and here we are today.
0: <laughs> and that's what brought you inside here. When you first came to Nashville, were you playing uh, a lot of the bars out in Broadway, or kind of like what were you playing? Uh, when were you first started playing in Nashville?
2: So I kind of found my way down there through writer's rounds um, okay. as a, as a songwriter versus bringing the band down. We, I brought my band down early on really early. Like we played uh, whiskey Bent saloon and there was an old place called the silver dollar saloon, um, yeah. some spots like that. But, but really it was always, it's always been about writing. Yeah. And revival. Um, yeah. There you go, man. You're on, you're on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I walked into uh tin roof on the mumber I can't tell you what year it was. I just don't, don't remember. maybe, I was going down like once or twice a year and then started coming down more often. And on a Tuesday night, I walked in, I uh, was talking to somebody that I was writing with and they said, go check out revival. Um, so revival six one five. And and actually uh, Channing Wilson, uh, oh, nice. this, this sounds like a, this sounds kind of like a storybook thing because of what Channing's doing now, but I, I walked in and Channing was playing on a round. And I remember leaving there and just, just had this feeling of like, okay, I found people that love songwriting as much as I do. And I've never been able to find that anywhere in the world um, or anywhere that I've been. And and so that really changed my perspective on what I wanted to do um, and how I was going to do it because words made songs and the songs are what it's still to this day. It's all about the song. It all starts with the songs. Oh, I,
0: I agree. And it's, it's where it is born. I mean, I know I was talking about house shows and whatnot, and uh, I have a buddy of mine, Rick Tiger, has played here. And he had a, a thing that was called It All Starts With The Song. And that was one of the tours he was doing. And I told him, "Like, well, yeah, technically it all starts with the songwriter. And um, that's, I'm a fan of, of the songwriter. And I, I like to see, and I've been seeing a lot more singer-songwriters kind of becoming, taking the artist route. And I like that just because I think there's more emotion when an artist sings his own song. Um, a good example, of what hurts the most, uh, Rascal Flatts did it, Aaron Lewis did it. But, man, listen to Jeffrey Steele do that song, and it gets yeah. you. Like, if you listen to the songwriters sing these songs, because they – I mean, Chris Christopherson, I mean, he has some of the best stuff, and he's not the best singer in the world either. But when he sings a song, you understand it, and you get it because of the grit and the voice, and you're getting the emotion. And I don't think, like, when you get, like, a Jason Aldean or something like that where you don't really write your own music or a Tim McGraw. I don't think they could deliver as. I feel like it's more of a performance than it is talent, yeah. and yeah. that's yeah. why I like seeing singer-songwriters go because, I mean, I love Simagra's and everything else. I love that, but I want to see more of. I want to see more of the raw, the raw emotion, and I think you can only get that with the songwriter.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a different type of art from a performer to you know just the songwriter for sure. Um, there's. I know 100% what you mean. I actually saw Chris Christofferson at the Taft Theater, just him, as, him and his guitar. And I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you, I, I, cried for like 45 minutes watching him play, man. I mean, just, just so moving. And, and you know, he'd get done with a song, and he wouldn't even finish the chord. He would just stop and go to the next one because I got, I got things to tell you all, you know. Yep. and uh, that's,
0: it's amazing. He's just, him live is just. I got to see him and Merle Haggard right before Merle died, probably like six or eight months. And they did a quick tour together. My dad and I went. And I mean, it was probably two of the worst sounding singing people. In, <laughs> I mean, the way they were like the singing was not good that night. But just the fact of being able to sit in there and hear them like mouth stories off one another and hear all the classics. It was just amazing to hear all that. So but it's just cool. It's cool to see all this. So. We're gonna do a thing real quick. Uh, I normally will play music, but I'm not gonna do that, but I, I have a thing called the hot seat where I'll ask ten song or ten questions, sixty seconds. I don't really do it. But what they are, they're kinda of like one uh one one question or rapid questions is what I'm trying to say. So you just kinda of okay. like say okay. one word. Let's see, let's see how far we get through them. 'em. I'm not gonna do the time limit, but let's see let's see how far you can get. And it kind of goes with different things we've talked about throughout the podcast tonight. But what's okay. oh, go ahead.
2: I said, I mentioned, I mentioned taking my boys to school. I'm kind of nervous because they do this stuff on the radio, and it's <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs>
0: well, this is more geared towards you, too. But what's All one right. song you wish you wrote?
2: Oh, man. Uh, there's a song, believe it or not, that Maddie, T- Maddie and Tay wrote, and I can't think of it, but I just texted my band today, and I said, don't judge me, but I, this song, um, oh, it's called Not Me or something. It's just it's like their single right now. It's incredible. <laughs> okay, I'll check that out. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, awesome. Today, so. <laughs> if you were on The Masked Singer, who would you be? What character would you be? I'd you, be a dragon. <laughs> dragon, nice. <laughs> At least you know what that show is. So My wife loves yeah. that show. <laughs> so When I was doing questions, I'm like, i got to ask that question because I know my wife would probably love <laughs> that. So a dragon would be good, though. What's your dream tattoo? I know you're a tattoo guy, um, but if you could get a tattoo, what would it be? What would you want?
2: uh my dream tattoo if i could pull it off would be a ghetto blaster right on my chest like travis barker <laughs> for Blink 182
0: <laughs> nice that would be cool <laughs> now,
2: i'm that. working on a new one i'm working on a new one though
0: so stay tuned yeah i'm, I'm itching i'm itching for some new ink. so it's like podcasting they're so addicting so <laughs> if you had a chance to open for any artist who would it be
2: um right now man I'd, I'd, I'd love to go open for ashley mcbride
0: nice well you've already done that once right
2: yeah yeah for sure But for she sure. she's our
0: role man she's gonna I tell you hear. what
2: i tell you what i'll open i'll open we'll have ashley support and eric headline
0: <laughs> hey I'm, I, i'll be behind that for sure i bet <laughs> you everybody in this chat will be too so come on what's one song when you hear it you're 16
2: again oh man um my wife just walked in. I should I should ask her because she'd have a good <laughs> <laughs> uh, Any Anything anything by Taking Back Sunday. Oh, nice. Nice, dude.
0: That was a good one. I was a Bird Pipe guy. Freshman by Bird oh, Pipe. Yeah, That's man, the man. one. I
2: had, I had that CD, man. <laughs> I, I used to sit there. And, yeah.
0: I love that. <laughs> What's your dream venue to headline?
2: Uh, the, the Fox Theater up in Detroit.
0: Oh, that
2: is a, is a special place to me. I, I saw one of my favorite bands on their last tour there, and uh, I, de- I just I definitely um, indoor theater fia- indoor that would be outdoor.
0: Um, I'd, I'd love to hit Red Rocks. Hell yeah, yeah! I, I went to the gorge for the first time last year, and that place was this. Uh, I want to do Red Rocks so bad soon. So, but one of these days, we'll see. All right, uh, best punk rock song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anything taking back Sunday. All
0: right, all right. What's one word for Skyline Chili?
2: Delicious.
0: <laughs> nice, I love it. You, you always get
2: your mix with it, but man, every time I hit Ohio, I gotta I got get me some Skyline, dude. All the problem time. is where the problem is where we live. No matter how late you're coming home, either side there's there's Skylines on both sides, so you're, you're doomed. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Uh, okay.
2: I get teased a lot because I get mine with light chili because everybody likes all the chili. But I drive so much, I got in the habit of always getting light chili. So while you're driving, you can yeah. scarf it down. Yeah, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. I, I, I try to get through Ohio every now and then, and I, I, we're actually I think we're on to Cedar Point this year. So, awesome. but uh, there, there, there's somebody I knew Chris Johnson was going to wait on that because he's not a Skyline fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> You have your you have your people. I think Skyline's kinda like a love it or hate it thing. It's kinda like not a middle thing. But uh sure. it's definitely a thing you have to try, so but uh who is your
2: dream co write partner? Oh man. Um I'd love to write with Wyatt Durrett. Uh, okay, he's uh when I started out I, I was a big fan of uh Levi Lowry and mm-hmm. um him and Levi wrote wrote um colder weather for Zach Brown. Yep. I've just always loved how he does things and um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean he's he's at the top of the game and, and I'd love to be I'd love to get in a room with him sometime.
0: That'd be cool. So what maybe it could transpire to this next question. This is the last one. Number ten. You just sold out the Bluebird Cafe, you and three other artists. Who else who are the three other artists? Who's on the bill with you?
2: Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Uh, I got to, I got to have, let's, I'd say me, I'd say, uh, um, th- shoot. Um, <laughs> I'll say me, Ashley and Eric again. So maybe we can go on tour. There you go.
0: And throw Wyatt in there too. <laughs> Some good songs. So, all right, man, well, you got a new song getting ready to come out in March. Tell me a little bit about this song.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, the song's called cigarettes and Jesus. And, um, I've been playing it out for a while live and just fell in love with it and, it's songs. It's it's just a real life kind of song. I wrote it with Ashley Taylor, and we kind of started talking about the life we live on the road, and then that kind of transcribed into just talking about life in general. So we walk through this life with you know with the pluses and the minuses, the good, the light, and the dark. And uh, sometimes you know you, it it takes a while to get through the dark, but but God always brings us back to Him, and, and that's what this song is about. Summed up. Um kind of burning burning both ends of Saturday night, if you will, from Saturday night into Sunday morning. And uh, sometimes it's hard to get through Saturday night. So um, that's where Cigarettes and Jesus came from.
0: Yeah, I'm going to play this quick video real quick. You know, it was a 30-second video. Yeah, 30 second. You just kind of talking about the song
2: a little bit. About- like- oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm
0: It's gonna be a hit, dude. It's gonna be a big year for this song, I think. That sounds good. I know you you played it at the party, right? I think you played it at the party because that's the one with the church choir line in it.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: So that's awesome. Well, you want you should play We want to play it first tonight?
2: Definitely, man. I'm looking at the clock. I know All we're right. podcasters. We'll we'll talk for hours.
0: So yeah, oh well, yeah, that's how they go. So well, let's get you. Let's go ahead and get you play this song, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up and. Yeah, it's crazy how quick it goes, man, and uh, I know I was doing 90 minutes for a while, but I went back and looked at my stats, I know you kind of look at your podcast stats, and it's like 75 minutes, you start losing people, so I was like, all right, let's keep it at <laughs> 75, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's hear this song, man, I'm definitely,
2: I'm, I'm excited. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: this is uh, Cigarettes and Jesus coming out here real soon.
1: I've seen the light from heaven in a neon sign. I felt the burn from getting high on Saturday night. I heard Sunday morning coming down. The church choir was singing about Amazing Grace, how He died for me. You know I can't live without cigarettes and Jesus was pick me up, I can't put them down I can't live without them I'm either heaven sent or hell bound From the Marlboro red letters written in red I'm a front row sinner like a preacher said I need a double shot of whiskey and forgiveness Man, I don't want to quit Cigarettes and Jesus Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Remind me of what the gospel says Jack and Jim and smart. I Always help me to forget What a mess I meant? Cause the good Lord knows If it was up to me I'd blow it all up in smoke cigarettes, to Jesus was pick me up, I can't put them down I can't live without them I'm either heaven sent or hell bound From the Marlboro red letters written in red I'm a front row sinner, I like can preach or sit I need a double shot of whiskey and forgiveness Man, I don't want to quit Cigarettes and Jesus. Yeah. Cigarettes And Jesus Cigarettes And Jesus I wish you pick me up I can't put them down I can't live without them I mean And I'm either innocent, hell Hellbound My I need a double shot of whiskey and forgiveness, man, I don't want to quit, oh, what a mess I'm in, I don't want to quit, cigarettes and Jesus, cigarettes and Jesus.
0: That was right, That is good. I love that Thanks, song, sir. man. So w- when you started writing that song, did you kind of know, just have a feeling that you were writing one that you were proud, I mean, I'm sure you're proud of all of them, but like music is kind of like children in a way. I, I look at it. Just, I mean, you kind of growing them up, growing them up, and then you release them out to the wild. And before you release that song out, did you know, it was going to kind of have the impact it's having so far.
2: Yeah, people, people always say that about children. I, I think they're kind of like distant cousins that don't go away. Because, <laughs> I mean, when I wrote that song that night, I left, and I remember just hitting it. It hit me like, I think we got one. And then, you know, a month goes by, and next thing you know, you're playing out a writer's round. And then I sent it to the band. I think, you know, I think I believe in this. And then a couple more months go by, and next thing you know, we're playing it out everywhere. Fans are loving it. And it just doesn't go away at that point, you know. Um to bring it on the children's side. I mean, and then it's time to bring it in and care for it and really bring it to life. I'm really excited about uh, this song. I think we nailed it in the studio and I just can't, can't wait to get it out.
0: (laughs) Well, we're already over time, which of course always (laughs) happens on shows, but we are having a bunch of requests in the chat going for time only runs one way.
2: Oh, okay, cool. You mind doing that
0: one as we go out? Like, We'll, we'll yeah. head out on that one sure. So, But um, yeah, we'll, we'll sign off after that song Go ahead and play
2: that one, let's do one more <laughs> talk, talk about a song that won't go away This might be one of them <laughs> I wrote this with uh, Shelly Tackett and Blue Foley And uh,
1: Chad Wilson, sorry Casey tore down the driveway Dragging his Star Wars launch box
2: his brand new
1: shoes and Levi's. Mom and daddy bought first day of school. I wanted to go to Next thing you know, I was 12 years old. Baseball cards and the spokes chasing dust. His first truck, and there I was. I wanted to go too And I heard a whistle Call me back My old man lit up a cigarette He said son Time only runs one way Don't hurry can't wait live the moment that you're in cause now is all you're gonna get you know what I'm talking about someday don't wish your life away the baseball cards turn into little league and my little man said so daddy did you see I was chasing down the American dream, checking emails on my phone. And I saw myself in those blue eyes looking up at me. I can hear the old man say, time only runs one way. Don't hurry, tomorrow can't wait. Live the moment that you're in, cause now is all you're gonna get. you know what I'm talking about someday. Don't wish your life away. Don't wish your life away. His hands were cold as the bed frame. I was bedside as he reached for me. The family all came and went. It was the first time I felt bigger than him. Took his breath. Made his peace. These were the last words he ever spoke to me. Time only runs one way Don't hurry Tomorrow can't wait Live the moment that you ends Now is all you're gonna get You know what I'm talking about someday Time only runs one way Don't hurry, tomorrow can't wait. Live the moment that you're in, cause now it's all you're gonna get. you know what I'm talking about someday, don't wish your life away. Don't wish your life away.
0: Wow, that was, man, I'm kind of spe- speechless, man. That was good. That was really, really good. Now, what's the name of that one again? It's
2: uh, it's called uh, Time Only Runs One Way. That
0: is awesome, man. That is a great song. Thank you. Great song. Yeah, that's, so
2: that's one, that's one of the ones that keeps finding its way back. That's
0: <laughs> <you're here>. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. So March we got the new one coming out, "Cigarettes and Jesus." I love that one. It's so funny because I know uh, we were talking earlier, and there's so much more I wanted to cover. We're gonna have you come back sometime, just about you being a dad and everything else. And uh when I hear that anytime now, it's kind of funny because the Larry the Cable Guy joke too. But uh, my kids, whenever they say Cheez-Its, it sounds like they say Jesus. And I, it's every time I hear Jesus now, I hear the word Cheez-Its. <laughs> so I always, it's just funny. Like I was looking at them, I'm was like, thinking, I'm like, man, they were saying Cheez-Its all night tonight. <laughs> Why are <were> you sick? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of other things. So, but, uh, man, thank you so much for uh, hanging out. I'm going to go ahead in the show links uh, tonight. I'll share all your links, but go ahead and tell us everywhere anybody can find you.
2: Yeah, man, everything is at Noah Smith Music, music.com, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything's Noah Smith Music, make sure you put music on there, you can stream all my music right now on iTunes and Spotify, pretty much all streaming platforms, Noah Smith Music, um, we got all kinds of new tour dates coming up, we're hitting the road pretty hard this year, and new music coming real soon, so hopefully I'll see y'all at a show very soon.
0: And like his podcast, subscribe to it. The Long Cut. Um, but Noah, thank you so much uh, for spending time with us. We gotta have you back. I just dropped your website into the chat. Uh, so guys, go ahead and check his website out. If he's coming to a town near you, check him out. Check the new single out in March. It's gonna blow up. And we gotta make it. We gotta we gotta put this thing up the charts, man. We gotta help you out. So thank you. But, thank you uh, so
2: much for that.
0: We'll catch up soon, and uh, I'm gonna try to come out and see you in April in Chicago. So I'm gonna put it on my calendar. Yeah, don't
2: miss. Don't miss the next show,
0: Aaron. Come yeah, on, I know. Next time you're in Chicago, I'll, I'll make sure I'm there. So, all right, man. Well, you, you take care. You have an amazing 2020. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And thank you for spending some time with me tonight, man. Yeah, all right. Thanks, bro. Have a good one, buddy. You guys, that was amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, I had fun. I got lost a couple times just chatting with the guy. I have so much more that I had wrote down that I wanted to go over and talk to them about, and we're gonna have to come have them back on. We almost hit our 90 minutes. Look at that. Uh, I was going to just do it uh, 75 minutes. tonight. Uh, We will not be having a Patreon after show tonight. I do have some things I have to wrap up. Uh, I have a very important, well, I have a very, my life's getting ready to changing, I guess I I should say, over the next couple of days. Um, I'm having surgery on Friday on my left arm. I've had a I think I have a cyst in my, my elbow that's blocking my older nerve. So they're going to kind of relieve pressure on my older nerve where I can't have, I don't have any feeling in half my hand. So I'm doing that on Friday and I start my new job on Monday. So I will not be able to do a show next Tuesday. We will be back two weeks from tonight and we will have my good friend, Donna Warner on. You saw her earlier this year. She came on her last year. I mean, and uh, was part of our five minute guest as a concert reviewer. And now we're going to bring her back on and talk to her all about our church. So um, I'm very excited. We got Donna coming on. After Donna, we have Kim Brown. And then we'll have our next singer, songwriter, artist, Mr. Luke Dick coming on. He is responsible for songs Kill a Word, Round Here, Buzz, as many as Kit Moore's songs, and many others. But he will be closing out our season one as our 20, episode 21. And then season two will start with a bang, and we will be announcing season two very soon. Uh, I cannot wait to announce who's all coming on season two. It's gonna be great. But um, so the next three shows is Donna Warner, Kim Brown, and Luke Dick. I'm very excited for Luke Dick, just like I was Noah Smith tonight, because Noah was amazing. It was like I said, just kind of te- checking up or catching up with a good buddy of mine. And um, I just found out about a week ago that we were gonna be able to have him on. So I didn't have much time to pre- prepare for tonight, but uh, I knew I wasn't too worried about it because everything I've heard about Noah has been nothing but great. Uh, from Jeff Brown, from everybody. I've heard nothing but good words from this guy. I've listened to him with Grace Rowdy and his lyrics. So if you guys are members of the church choir, make sure you guys go out and check out other artists. Uh, it's okay for us to like other artists, and that's why I want to bring them on this podcast, people like Noah. And maybe people that don't have anything that really do with Eric Church, but when you break it down, he kind of does. I mean, kind of his path that he follows He's doing a lot of things his own way and uh, whatnot. No, I'm trying to catch up. Come on, bring some Spotted Cow. I mean, do you want to stay home with the real cows or come see me and I have Spotted Cow? I mean, kind of whatever you want to do, Staples. So if you guys are tuning in tonight on our streaming services, please go ahead and subscribe, hit five stars, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, anywhere else. If you're live tonight, thank you for so much spending your Tuesday night with me. If you haven't checked over our, our Patreon yet, I'll be announcing our February contest uh, over the weekend this week, I hope. Um, like I said, things are going to be changing the next couple of days with the surgery and starting a new job, so I, I'm going to be trying to get everything caught up and everything done. But uh, go over to our Patreon and check it out. I'll, I'll share the link in our chat, but uh, go check out our Patreon if you can, and uh, if you can help out in any way, great perks and great tiers. We're going to have some fun, so thanks for tuning in tonight and Have a great weekend. I'll see everybody in two weeks. Have a great Valentine's Day. But thanks again, guys. Thanks for all your support. I appreciate it.